Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Creative Imbalance Podcast. Like always, I am your host, Sean Siriani. And if you heard the show before, you always hear me say, if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, I really entice you to go to girthradio.com and check out the page for the episode. And I want you to do this for this one because it features a trailer a beautiful documentary. The documentary is on a man named Jeffrey Guramul Yunapingu. It's just this incredible story that, that really moved me. If you're not familiar with this man, he was raised in an Australian native tribe, was born with no vision, and fully directed his life towards being a musician. And what fascinated me so much about this documentary is not only do you learn a lot about the man, But there's so many layers of stories going on throughout the film from learning about Australian natives. I know in North America, we don't hear much about that. I was kind of blown away uh, by that lifestyle. And actually, to be honest, I did not know they existed (laughs) like out there in uh, because I think I mentioned in the interview when I think of natives, it's different here in Canada than over there, their influences and... uh, background and it's also like this beautiful story of him becoming really well respected in the music industry but what's so gangster about Guramul is he doesn't seem to really like being in the public eye and he is almost doing the opposite of everything that would make you famous from being in interviews and not speaking like the man doesn't give a fuck. And another story that's going on throughout this documentary is the story of the friendship between him and his producer. Uh, his producer connecting him with the the more mainstream world and almost being the trusted guy to be his voice when he does not want to speak. And I'm not going to lie, this is one of the trickiest intros I've done for this show. Uh, Like I mentioned, there's so many layers to this documentary. It played the other week at Hot Docs. Uh, They sent me the screener. And even before this interview, I watched the screener twice. I was so captivated by this documentary. And even another story that's going on throughout the documentary is the story of the people who I have on my show today. Director Paul Damian Williams and producer Shannon Swan. And you're going to learn how these men have been embraced by such an exclusive culture. They have been brought into that native community and uh, became family with everybody and gained a serious amount of respect and trust to film Guramul over the years. And if this is your first time hearing about Guramul, uh, just to let you know, um, he passed away last summer. It was not very long ago, and uh, I want to say myself and the rest of us at Girth Radio, we want to send our love and condolences to uh, the family and just anyone who was involved in this film and has been connected with his life over the years. And much respect for you for putting a shine on his life. I haven't heard about him until I've seen this movie. I am completely blown away by the originality of his music, the uniqueness, and just the overall beauty of his voice. And we talk about it in uh, the interview, how he takes influences from his native background and make these recordings in the studio and create 
patterns you never heard of before with different instruments and it's just awesome and this man is just an artist in its purest form he was getting respected by like a lot of famous people and in the movie you see pictures with him with a Barack Obama. He's got a scene with Sting. He's been praised by Quincy Jones, but he's so into his own music, he almost doesn't care or even didn't know who Sting was <laughs> and is making songs with him. And, and there's something about that that I find just so badass. And I can feel like I can go on and on and on with this intro and the multiple layers of stories within this film. Uh, I just want to say it was awesome to sit down with these two guys right after watching it twice in a row. And who to explain the journey throughout the creation of this film better than them. So here we go. Director Paul Damien Williams. Producer Shannon Swan. Coming at you right now. Live from Pacific Junction Hotel, Girth Radio. You don't get pissed with Guinness. Oh, no, you can. I've never... I, I, I can't drink it fast. You're not trying hard enough. Yeah. I'm this, I feel the same way, too. Like, I can't get, like, hammered off them. And I feel good the next day, too. Yeah. There's not, like, a big hangover. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Or, oh, I usually go to whiskey after about five. <laughs> Make the hangover happen. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> in the 70s in Australia, they used to say to the pregnant... Um, women drink a guinness because it's full of iron mm-hmm. so guinness a day yeah. that's Did, why we're all like this <laughs> just a bit dopey you're all fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're or, all fun or uh, abbotsford invalid stout mm. can you still get that i hope not so yeah. yeah well thanks guys for coming out today i know you guys got a busy weekend to launch or is it the launch of the movie uh uh, in North America, it in is. In North America? Okay, great. And, uh, yeah, I kind of want to go back in time. Uh, how did you meet uh, Guillermo? Because uh, from what I watched in the movie, he seems that he's very distant from media and uncomfortable with it. And, like, I think it's fascinating how you were able to capture this whole story of his life. Hmm. Well, I was working as an in-house filmmaker for uh, his record label. So I met him just kind of in the halls of the record record company. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, like making cups of tea. And, you know, I, and I ended up, you know, I'd always ask him if he'd like a cup of tea and a biscuit. So that's how I kind of... Uh, really first met him and, how, did, how did he have his tea uh white with about five sugars <laughs> um and yeah so we formed a friendship really long before the film was even an idea oh that's great yeah and i, and I was making uh short films music videos out where he's from uh, he was living in darwin at that time which is about i don't know like 400 kilometers uh from his hometown on an island in the northeast uh, part of Arnhem Land in the top end of Australia and um, yeah so I got to know his family and his community and then I met this fellow here Shannon uh, who'd 
come up from from Melbourne uh, to Darwin, and between us we hatched uh, we hatched the idea for the film. But it was it all happened because based on that friendship, that genuine friendship that had happened before um, even thinking of the film. So I came into the situation. I saw Paul's friendship with Gormal, Paul's friendship with the family, Paul's friendship with um, the record label. So there was this kind of circle of trust yeah, that yeah. was going on. So it wasn't like we turned up from the big city and said, "Hey, Gormal, we're going to make a film about you. You know, we're going to do this and that." Which he would have just gone, "Yucca yucca," which means no, mm-hmm. like no, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like pitched to him that it'll be like a home movie, just with better equipment. And yeah. <laughs> uh, he'll look amazing and, um, you know, it will involve all the community. And, uh, yeah, so it kind of started from there. Yeah, and that's awesome. And also, like, the way the story kind of gets told, uh, at first it m- you might have thought, oh, this might be a little tricky because he's a man of few words and kind of lets his music do the talking. But it was cool to see his community be excited about it and like you had his aunt doing all the narration and his yet a part with his father and his producer is his name's Michael is it yeah Michael. Michael and like it's it's cool how you just caught this whole story through other people's words and yeah it's it's a it's it's hard to explain I don't want to give too much away of the documentary but it's a moment it's a beautiful moment you guys nailed yeah I mean it basically came across where his auntie says if you want to know him you've got to listen to his music mm-hmm. and that's his voice and that's how he communicates about where he is and who he comes or where he comes from um, so we wanted to put the music at the forefront of everything um, but I guess we got everyone involved because we would show them footage you know we'd go out there and film and then show them the footage and they'd be like oh you know we look great you know we look powerful yeah yeah uh, we look amazing so he really ramped up his interest in what we're doing as he was getting feedback from his community so, um, and you can talk about how we got invited out. Well, there. well, it was kind of another um, a, a, another thing to sort of say in that regard is that one of the stipulations that he personally had uh, when he signed on to the project was no interviews. So you see in the uh, you see in no the interviews film, with him. Yeah, with, no, him. with him. Yeah, yeah. So like, interviews with other people is fine, but he just didn't want to uh, speak in that kind of. Uh, question and answer interview style right he just hates it absolutely hated doing that Mm. um so in a way we're kind of forced to come up with uh creative ways uh to you know to tell to tell his story without Mm. using his voice in that traditional documentary first person uh uh, sense so yeah yeah even such a good use of like candid footage and uh one thing i noticed too there was there was a lot of like awesome just style of editing where you guys would go to black for a little bit and kind of as a viewer i noticed oh it's almost like i don't know his perception in a way and you you'll hear like voices or music or whatever and then it'll go into the scene and was that like an intentional like uh vibe you wanted to give to the people watching it yes yes (laughs) awesome (laughs) it was was one of those things where uh his physical or where he was physically didn't really matter to him because he's got his own world going on in his head so we wanted to use that black space to transition from 
time and place. So there's times when it cuts to black and you hear something merge into another sound and then all of a sudden you pop up in another place in a different time because that's what's in his head. You know, mm-hmm. where he's actually sitting, if he's sitting here or if he's sitting um, over there in that building or if he's sitting in the island, what's going on in his head is is where he's at so we tried to get that across in taking it to black and giving the audience a moment to reflect on well this is what he hears in his world and there's something about uh, Gurumul in, in in sort of the practice of his life he was such a highly functioning person that you forgot he was blind wow, so if you were yeah. just sitting there you would forget and it really wasn't until he needed something or he had to go somewhere or you're out in a social situation and he's being introduced to someone and they go to shake his hand and of course he can't see that so you mm. kind of got to grab his hand and mm. like get their handshake kind of mm-hmm. uh, going mm. for example so um, we really wanted the audience just to check in with the fact that yeah he really can't see and was in fact born without uh, pupils so yeah it was a really deliberate ploy mm. and the start of the film I mean it was uh, interesting when we were editing it's like how long can we hold our nerve for yeah um, yeah <laughs> you know to how long can the audience you know um, sit there without thinking there's something wrong with the projector <laughs> <laughs> yeah some people have suggested to me that it's the producer trying to uh, save some money by just going to a black screen but it wasn't it was actually a yeah yeah technique no it was cool it was effective and uh yeah, uh, how long uh, over a period of time did it take you to capture all this? Because I think uh, near the end of the movie, it says there's like a couple year break, mm. and then you went back mm. to it. And yeah. uh, did you guys really like? Were you trying to find like a conclusion to the story? And like, yeah. it's kind of interests me because it's like takes place over like such a long period of time. Well, we only actually came on board in 2014, so there'd been previous attempts of doing a doco about him but he just got sick of it or didn't like the angle that it was taking or just lost interest. So we came into it in 2014 and pitched our concept of um, his viewpoint on the world and looking at the way we do things and really celebrating his culture. <laughs> so, And he really liked that perspective. But to be honest, we didn't know how long he was going to be into it. So um, we had to work pretty quick. But the momentum gathered and he wanted to keep doing stuff and invited us to certain things and really drove the content so we basically turned up and there was this library of archive um, that we had to sift through and figure out how we use that to tell the story and set up our bit and then kind of integrate that seamlessly so it didn't feel like different time periods or different stories or different things like that so that must have been so hard. <laughs> like, that's. Did, I think you did all the editing, Paul. Oh no, no, Shannon yeah. did all the. Oh, editing. okay, yeah, yeah um, but, but I made him sort through the footage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I sorted through the footage. Yeah, yeah. There was a, like a box of like, do you have any archive um, of what's been going on? And I said, yeah, we've kept quite a considerable library. I'm like, oh, where is it? And so, like, oh, it's just in a box in the corner over there. So, mm-hmm. two hundred and fifty tapes of every single type of format you could ever imagine there was there was one format was like high eight or something like that like one of those uh, when things just before things went digital like uh, kind of a cusp format and we just couldn't find a camera or anything to play that stuff anymore so we're looking at eventually we found one (laughs) and and, and it was lucky that we did because it's the first footage that you see when michael uh goes to alka island for the first time in 96 oh wow that tape and we're like oh Mm. 
bang. The first time he meets Gurumul and discovers mm. this talent that they're they're hiding out there. Yeah, yeah so many like amazing moments just captured and mm. like yeah, that's nuts. Like from '96 and yeah, that's an important one to throw in there. But too. it's just amazing. Like uh, there was one time their company was in complete turmoil when um, Gurumul walked away from a, a huge tour that was going to set him up for the rest of his life, um, and they had the insight to record it. I mean, who does that? Who decides, like, this is going to be the worst day of my life yeah. where I have to deal with a cancelled tour that's going to cost millions of dollars? Yeah, so roll cameras. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. why don't we get those cameras out and set them up and record the day? Mm. And so to put themselves out there is pretty mental. If it was happening to me, I'd be like, yeah. Yeah, get everybody everything fuck away off. from it. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Just let's get out. Um, so they had the insight to do that, and they knew that something really interesting was happening. Um, and, you know, they'd just throw the camera to all sorts of people to kind of record what was going on. So the list of, if you have a look at the credits, a list of people that contributed um, to holding the camera and pointing it in the right direction was um, considerable. Yeah. And we just came on at 2014 and recorded the completed the story but also recorded him making his final album as well which makes up the last third of the film mm-hmm. it's so beautiful too mm-hmm. and yeah it's like I feel like I'm oversaturated with media and it's like I don't like see a lot that's going out like from Australia a lot and uh but uh yeah after watching this whole thing I'm like I'm a huge fan he's like all over my Spotify <laughs> I listen to him on the way here and yeah it's just beautiful and it's it's kind of cool like uh you guys touched on this in the in the documentary how he's almost like that anti-media he he's like so anti-media and doing the total opposite of what every mainstream person's doing and somehow like he just keeps pushing through and getting all this attention to his music which i think is beautiful yeah i mean his cut through is ridiculous i mean he doesn't sing in english you know his songs are forty thousand years old and you connect with them it's like how am i connecting with this why am i connecting Mm -hmm. with it so yeah that's a, a a crazy thing of his story yeah it's after kind of working on this for eight years, I'm really, I call it the uh, the Gormal factor. I'm, I'm really no closer to being able to really define what it is. You've had eight years to come up with an answer and you haven't no, yeah. no, Just it, say it, magic it or something. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, but it is. It's, kind of, it's got a, like an indelible magic quality to it. Mm. I mean, he's a brilliant singer. Mm. Um, he, he, was, he was a brilliant singer and he was recorded beautifully as well. Um, but you're right, and sort of in, in in saying that, the whole idea of celebrity, which defines our time, which is, um, you know, probably from the the, the, the 60s onwards, um, that Andy Warhol notion of fame, um, it, it had absolutely no meaning to him. Mm-hmm. Like the idea of uh, being interviewed in a kind of like a context that we're doing now, which we kind of largely accept because we're promoting a film yeah uh, he could care less yeah he could mm. care less and um and and that in a way is refreshing because it focuses the whole discourse on the music and his music is a pure enunciation of who he is who his people are where he's from, what what he believes, 
So to his mind, when he sings these songs, he's already said, look, as, as his aunt says in the film, look, I've already told you who I am. I couldn't have been clearer. Yeah. Um, so um, why, are you asking why do you want to know um, when I um, first learned the guitar? What do you want? To, what, what? Who cares about all that stuff? You know, yeah. <laughs> it's just so awesome, actually. Uh, yeah, like I love, I just love that spirit. And uh, there's that moment in the film too where he's working with Sting, mm-hmm. and uh, he like kind of just didn't even know who Sting was or care, like <laughs> in a way. And he's doing uh, one of the most iconic songs as a duet, mm-hmm. and just kind of. Um, making it his own language on the spot and just creating this beautiful thing and uh yeah it's just awesome and yeah it's crazy because all his management and everyone in the show is freaking out <laughs> yeah, yeah I love he's that just so like yeah oh, whatever it'll be cool we'll yeah. sort it out you know i'll be amazing you know kind of thing but uh, it's it's those things when you talk about what um what fame meant to him i mean in the film so in real life, he met Obama, played for Obama. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Played a for four, yeah, he played for four uh, generations of royals, um, sang on the Queen's Jubilee. So he had all these milestones, but to him, they didn't really mean anything. And that's why in the film, we show him in a second. Like, you're like, oh, most people would celebrate that as the pinnacle of the film or yeah, that's yeah. success. But to him, it's like that. It's gone. It's like, you know. Yeah, that's cool. And there, you almost had, like, so many flash, like, you couldn't, yeah. you couldn't keep track. Yeah. Which, oh, that's, that's yeah. crazy. Because it's fleeting to him. Yeah, but yeah. what's really important is where it comes from in the music. So, you know, that's why you've got to juxtapose those two things together. It's like what we think is fame and what's important and mm-hmm. um, compared to what he did. Yeah, and uh, it must have been so amazing for you guys to go kind of like hang out with his tribe and everything too. And me being a Canadian boy too, like I don't learn a lot about like Australian, the native culture there too. And that's another thing that I found fascinating about this film. Like there's so many layers to this film. Like I'm learning about this artist and now I'm learning about this culture I didn't know of. And Mm. yeah, it's cool to see you guys just kind of go through all these Mm. Well, I mean, the same applies from what you're experiencing there. That that the same applies to most uh, people in the Australian audience for this film. They have got really little idea about what happens in that part of Australia. I mean, it's the most remote p- part of Australia, so like it, it's an island. Say from Melbourne or Sydney, it's about two and a half thousand kilometres, and you need like it's it's indigenous land, so you need a special. You can't just kind of fly there and or you know rock up in a boat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's native land. It's it's indigenous land, so you need a permit to go there, uh, and you need a reason to go there. Yeah. So, um, on account of its remoteness. Um, its uh, culture has remained really largely intact and there isn't that many places in in, in Australia that you can say that about so uh, when when Australian audiences see it they're like oh my god I I had absolutely no idea they're the same as you yeah I was like that Mm. that's so interesting to me Mm. and it's it's beautiful how like I perceive too they took you in almost like as a family like you guys went to like funerals and Mm. celebrations and Mm. well that was from the trust that um, Paul had built up and that's also from the relationship that Mark and Michael had had 
in the community for 20 years. <laughs> so that just doesn't happen. You don't just knock on the door and say, hey. So that was all from that relationship. Yeah. But there's definitely times, I remember turning up to Gurumal's father's funeral and as Paul was saying, to get up there, it's a long way. To get a crew up there, it's a long way. And I, you know, Gurumal says, come up for the funeral and we get there on the day and it's taken me $30,000 to get everyone up there. You know, camera crew, charter flights, yeah. gear, everything. And then... Um, <laughs> the elders get together so the funerals kind of started they started singing and there's ceremony and everything going on and the elders get together and they're having a chat and I'm like to Michael I said what's going on I said uh, just checking if you're allowed to film and I'm like yeah. uh, <laughs> I've spent 30000 to get here I'm in pretty deep here so you know <laughs> so and then they have a chat and after about two minutes they're like uh, yo yo but you have to go and pay respects to the body so we did that, and once we'd done that, um, they were like, do whatever you want. You guys are cool, you know? So that's why in the film, we're really inside the ceremony. Like, you feel like you're part of it, mm-hmm. you know, in and out. We've got our steady cam, and we're going in through. So you really feel part of it, and you don't feel like an outsider. You feel part of it, a part of their clan. So um, a lot of special relationships made that happen, but there was also a lot of nervous moments where you realize that you're on their territory and you're on their terms. Yeah, do you ever feel like while you were filming, like at some time you're being a little intrusive here and there? No, no once no. you go through the process, no. Yeah, and once they anyway. trust you and, and see the footage. I remember being at Gorimal's funeral, and we're just two white fellas, you know, amongst the community. We go to this funeral, and, you know, there's, what, two or 300 people there? Yeah. And I'm a little bit nervous walking up to this funeral. Like, how am I perceived? What... We're complete outsiders, and they came and got us. We were the first ones to go and see, pay respects to the the body, and then we're allowed to sit with the clan leaders. So we sat directly behind the clan leaders of of Gorimal's clan. So um, they really respected the way that we uh, represented them, Mm -hmm. and they wanted to be represented uh, with dignity, and and we did that, and they respected us for us uh, for that. Um, So we're really included up there. So yeah, it was an amazing feeling. Nice, nice. Mm. Uh, have they seen the full version of the film yet? Uh, every time we show it at a major festival, yeah. um, they come and watch it. Nice. Um, not all of them. Yeah, but but like, yeah, um, so when it premiered in Berlin, we tried to get one of the family members to come over, but they said, yucka, it's a long way and it's really cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they're like, no, no, no. Uh, and same with Toronto. It's a long way for these for these people to come, but they always give their blessing for overseas. But in Australia, they'll fly and be part of the ceremony and introduce it and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, they absolutely love it. But we're hoping to take it up to the island in when we get back. Um, they've just built a new cinema and they want it to be the first film at the cinema, nice, so it, nice. It's, Congrats be, on that. Dude. Yeah, it won't yeah. be like the traditional cinema that you could you would imagine here. It's like a basketball court with a screen, you know, on kind of one end. But um, like an ice hockey cinema. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they, you know, they're um, can't wait. But again, there's complications with that. I mean, as you would have seen at the start of the film, we need special permission to show um, the dead. Mm-hmm. to hear the dead yes. um, so in the film and this is the tragic nature of it there's six people who have died in the film mm. and that that's across several families so to work out the permission for the film to be shown up there mm. and their image to be shown is a little bit complicated so yeah. we're just waiting for the clearance on that yeah. that could take a couple of months of negotiating between the, the clans yeah. uh, and then we'll take it up there so we're really excited about that yeah I, I'm, sh- I'm sure you're going to get this clearance too it's just uh, yeah. it's, it's a beautiful film and I think like once they 
they see it that you've done it in a respectful way it's like it just kind of oh, they, tells they, the story they, yeah. they all know about it like yeah. it's kind of you know I'd be surprised if there wasn't hmm. a bootleg. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They're probably already watching it. <laughs> yeah. We've sent a link to several, you know, and I can see the plays on it. I'm like, you're only supposed to have played it once, and it's like yeah. at 98 or something. And I'm like, <laughs> what's going on here? What's happening? You know, so they're just going to house to house, you know, yeah. around the community. But it's one of those things, um, we know it's going to be really well received, and they, they absolutely love the, the way that we uh, portrayed them in the film. So it's just as a lot of the film has we just have to go along with the process mm. and do it in their time mm-hmm. and um, do all the right um, communications with them and just uh, just wait for them yeah uh, another story being told throughout this film too I loved was the dynamic of uh, Michael and Guillermo and Michael's his producer and right. almost became a bit of a voice to him and mm. a brother and mm. I thought that was just like a little beautiful journey and I uh, I wrote down something they were talking about oh yeah yeah uh, Michael said, the more we share ideas, the more we feel closer as people. And uh, when he said that, too, it kind of reminded me of my life, like, going through, like, little creative projects. And there's, like, a guy I've made a music video with, and I haven't seen him in a couple years. And then we linked up again, and it was like... I'm like, I feel closer to this guy than some people I see every day at my work and stuff. There's just something about the creative process Mm. where you actually, you're going inside somebody's head and like really, really know like Mm. their thoughts and heart. And I thought that was Mm. just kind of awesome. Look, that's all, that's all really true. And and there's, there's also that kind of element there, the sort of subtextual element to that relationship is that to have uh, an Indigenous and Australian and a European Australian have as close a relationship as Gormo and Michael, uh, and to an extent, um, uh, uh, Gurumul's manager Mark, who also appears in the film, uh, is quite unusual in Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, it's not without precedent, but uh, but it is quite unusual. So, I think that when people uh, watch the film, uh, there's that undertone as well. So it kind of becomes a little bit of a parable, I suppose, of uh, of uh, two different worlds, really, that, that, that are in conflict, aren't complementary necessarily, uh, that really have to struggle to come to terms with each other. Yeah, there's about 20 different Disney movies with that same plot, but right. what's awesome is this is like actually real life. Which yeah, yeah, yeah. It's beautiful, man. It's fucking yeah, yeah. awesome. That, that's yeah. right. It's like we've basically just remade Frozen. Yeah. <laughs> but with a better song than Let It Go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I agree. It catches on as much. What? Yeah. Yeah. That um, should be the headline of the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's on the poster. Yeah, yeah. yeah, But it's one of those things we wanted to show several layers to the film not not just the story of Gromwell being born blind and achieving what he did but just lots of um, sub layers to that and subtext around uh, indigenous and non-indigenous relationships uh, the give and take uh, a lot of uh, stuff happening in Australia is indigenous you have to come to our way to, for this to work and we wanted to show well we need to give they've got a lot to give and we need to go their way a little mm-hmm. bit and when those two things work and there's give and take on both sides you get something magical and in their case it's music but Mm -hmm. um in any case it could be friendship or you know lots of different things so we just wanted to show that um and so many people connect with that relationship that goes through the film Mm -hmm. um 
so it's a, yeah, it's a pretty special special thing. And Michael was very uncomfortable with his role at the start of having to be the spokesman. Yeah, you could tell, him. and he yeah. kind of progresses. Yeah, and he, and he progresses, and he understands it, and what he has to do, and that's part of what he has to do to make this relationship happen. So, yeah. as well as all the craziness that um, they put him through, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cancelled tours and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and like in a way. I mean, you're telling a kind of overall story, so you can't get into every aspect of the nitty gritty of um, of their relationship. But I mean, he he would um, feed Gormal, um, you know, uh, shave him. Yeah, yeah, that scene, he's shaving him. Right. So, so um, you know, that he was on call day and night when they mm. were on tour. So mm. they had an incredibly like intimate relationship to the extent that when, when he passed away um, Michael was very lost for months and months and months he was, he well, was, still, every time he watches the film like yeah. he's got to sit there with 900 people yeah and he's in tears and he's in tears watching his best friend up there yeah mm-hmm. so very just an incredible yeah relationship it's, it's very re- like he passed last summer I believe last right? July yeah. Yeah. yeah wow yeah so it's still like yeah it's still a new thing for it's him not too even tw- not even 12 months ago yeah, yeah. so there was this uh, so the film got picked to close the Melbourne International Film Festival and it sold their tickets, a hundred dollar ticket. You know, fifteen hundred people going. A really big deal. Real big yeah. deal. Big deal. Like suits, like the whole you know red carpet kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And and then he died. And you know, we didn't know if the film would ever be able to be shown again, let alone in three weeks. Um, so the family came down and supervised all that happened. But I remember just watching Michael watch that. I'm like, this is your best friend. Yeah, here, um, and you have to watch a film about him. Like it was brutal. Yeah, he's still going through the whole process, and probably yeah, still till this today. It's 100%. still so new. But, but his yeah. his story is so important mm-hmm. that they realise that they need to keep it alive and out there. So you know, I I take my hat off to Mark and Michael and the family for allowing it to be up there and um, for the world to see. Yeah, yeah, big mm-hmm. cheers to that, and uh, yeah, it's. It's it's got to be uh, very like interesting to see uh, like throughout the the filming too their dynamic of creativity and actually being in the studio and seeing them write songs because that's like a whole other thing <laughs> like you see like a whole beyond behind the music episode of would just talk about that and yeah. like it's crazy as I'm talking to you guys I'm just like seeing all these layers in the movies it's like eight different stories going on at once it's like a Seinfeld episode yeah (laughs) and they but but better better. way better (laughs) better with less less annoying characters (laughs) (laughs) yeah um yeah well you know what the the whole idea of layers is that you gotta have layers and you gotta have lots of layers for something Mm -hmm. to to work well Uh, but you gotta it, it, it can't really feel like when you're watching it you can't feel overwhelmed but i mean you can't just have one thing happening at one time you've got to have like multiple things happening at one time because audiences are smart Mm. they need they need that they need they need that um they need the information component they need the uh, emotional component and in this case the musical component so we were i mean how lucky were we making this like the album that they produced um and went to number one in australia like it's it's incredible it's a brilliant album but 
it's a pioneering album. So, like you, you, you see it depicted in in, in in the film. What 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 they did was they took the uh, these traditional yadaki, also known as didgeridoo patterns, and, and the composer Erki Valtheim transcribed them into kind of your traditional Western musical notation. Okay, so mm-hmm. it's just like he put the notes there and he said, "Well, it's really hard to do that because it doesn't conform to." the notation that as we write it because there's notes above lines and it's like well it couldn't quite couldn't quite it it, it, it wouldn't conform Mm -hmm. to that notation okay it's like like trying to write something that the words don't exist for yeah yeah Um, so they had to um, that they were trying to get this absolutely brilliant cello player in Australia to play these patterns in the you know in the cello so um so being able to sort of transpose those elements to kind of uh, make this crossover form was an incredibly difficult challenge and mm. then they got frustrated when they spent days in there yeah there's the a studio. bunch of shots and you can tell they're just tired yeah. and like one guy's like leaning on his instrument like wanting to pass out yeah, like, yeah. like these broken classical musicians <laughs> who never, never worked so hard in their life yeah. but, but, but I mean it's so fantastic because what what they they've pioneered a new sound. I mean, no mm. one's ever done that before. People have tried. They've made kind of crossover like jazz, um, uh, like albums, and they like it's really difficult to listen to. But you listen to this stuff, and it's just like, oh my god, I'm yeah. in the I'm in the clouds, mm. floating with the angels, kind of music. Mm. And then you got Gurumul trying to describe what he's hearing in his head. Yeah, you know, he's yeah. like, I'm hearing flags. So, whoo, whoo, it's like dancing and you know, and then you're like okay how do I put that into a song you know kind of thing so yeah. uh, it's an incredible mesh that goes yeah. on and the album is uh, when it comes out here later in the year um, definitely check it out yeah that should be out this summer I believe I, read. I think well when the film gets distributed here okay. um, it'll coincide with that yeah I'm really excited to hear it mm. and I've like from the film to uh, I just watched it a couple of days ago and I've been going through his library of stuff that's been released mm. and it's, it's just so beautiful yeah, well yeah, this new it, stuff is yeah. uh, brain melting seriously yeah, it's yeah. like you listen to it and I'm like I have no idea what this is and it's like nothing I've ever heard before but it's just stunning and beautiful and honestly takes me to another place mm-hmm. it's funny I was listening to it the other day and I was like oh wow this is uh, music for a feature of film that doesn't exist yet <laughs> then I thought actually actually it does exist yet <laughs> it's the one you just made <laughs> yeah. but it's amazing you, you bring it to Toronto and a lot of people don't know who he is and yes. they, they just go and see films because they like docs mm-hmm. um, so like the audience last night there's um 300 people there and I don't know how many have heard him how many people even know who he is I I definitely know if a film came to Australia and it was about a blind indigenous Canadian person I'd be like I wouldn't go see that (laughs) you know know? so to have people turn up and then connect and just have the same feeling that you've got um, about this guy that you know nothing about Mm -hmm. at all but you connect with his story his music just punches you in the heart yeah. and you start to feel something and you're like oh why am I feeling this I don't know but just to see those audiences get it connect with it and then have the discussions afterwards which is so rich has been um, a beautiful experience about being in Toronto yeah 
Yeah, mm-hmm. it's great. And like, yeah. I, I hope for this film to just keep spreading to other festivals as many mm-hmm. as possible, too. Yeah. And it, it's like beyond like. Well, it's been just, to Berlin yeah. and it's been to here, Toronto, and then it goes to AFI in America. And then oh, it's, you know, it's all, all over the place. But yeah. do you feel like you're getting like similar feedback as you are in Toronto in like Berlin and all over the place? Yeah, just... uh, at the QA after Berlin, um, the first guy stood up. And he had his microphone and he was shaking. And he just said, I've just cried for 97 minutes. And I, <laughs> I, I said to him, oh, sorry, you had to pay for that. But <laughs> so, yeah, I was, yeah. You, could, you could ask for your ticket. Yeah, yeah you get your ticket back. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then he just said, I've just connected with this incredible human being. So, yeah. And was um, that his first time seeing it as well? Like yeah. seeing who he is? Yeah. And, yeah. So again, you've just got all these film lovers that don't really know. It's a discovery film. It's like people don't really know who he is. Um, but then the word of mouth goes out about the film and um, yeah, the feedback. Like yeah, it's just the connection and yeah. just getting it, just understanding it and um, feeling something that they haven't felt before. Yeah, that's beautiful. Mm. And um, yeah, so after Hot Docs... Uh, they got the release of the album um do you guys have like any other plans with the film uh well it's just been released in australia this week um which has been exciting that's been huge um but yeah i think america is the next stop uh in june and then there's festivals all over the world leading up to amsterdam in november so um he will be his legacy will live on um, throughout the world and uh, that's what his family wanted and his community wanted so we'll just take it where it has to go yeah that's mm. great and uh, I know the, this film right now is your prime focus but uh, are you guys considering working on anything else uh, after this like as a collaboration pro- between you two or? probably need a holiday yeah us. oh definitely yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we've been working together for four years and we've both got our own little ideas that we're developing and they might intertwine at some stage but um, yeah the, the focus has just been the film for the minute yeah yeah and um, promoting it the right way and getting people to go out and see it yeah. we, we might work on having a few beers this afternoon <laughs> <laughs> we got a screening at three so. oh, yeah. oh, I, I was gonna say oh, well yeah. everything's on the house here yeah cheap cheap plug uh, <laughs> yeah. our sponsor Pacific Junction Hotel Hotel. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you can probably have one more. <laughs> Bad influence. Okay. But uh, yeah, I just want to say thank you for making this film mm. i was very moved i'm pro- they sent me one of those screeners that you said has like 90 views again it might turn to like 91 cause like, <laughs> i might watch it again wow. <laughs> tonight but uh what i'm amazed at is that uh, it's probably you're not probably our um usual kind of person that watches it you're a younger guy mm-hmm. um you know usually the audience is 40 plus um so i'm just loving that you're into it and got it and uh, understood it yeah, likewise. It's awesome. Mm. Uh, cheers to that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'd give you a T-shirt if we had one, but uh, oh. we don't have a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> that, that'll be the next step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. merch, merch, the merch. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, and you, whatever you guys do, like, uh, I'm going to be following, like, beyond this film. Like, I'm a fan of, like, how the film was just put together. And, like, yeah, it was just a beautiful story you guys put together. Well, it, did, it took nine months of editing, so it's one of those ones where <laughs> yeah. you, got, you got that much footage that you have to sit there and take your time and then mm-hmm. on top of that there's the approval processes and uh, making sure you're representing people right you've got the songs right yeah um, I mean, sound design yeah so it's one of those things I remember um, there's a, his, when his mother dies there's a song um, that's played and his, we had a song from his father's 
clan playing during the the funeral and we we were unaware that it was the wrong clan song oh really so, did you get um, some uh, backlash for that or no 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 really? it's like during the editing process and then we oh, show okay, them and okay, they're like oh no you oh, can't yeah, have that oh, song okay okay yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. you know there was a lot of that back and forth about um representing people right making sure we've got the right songs making sure that um you know there's continuity in the ceremony and that makes sense and we're not just butchering it like a, a film clip for our own needs and things like that so yeah. it was a lot of that back and forth and and understanding where it comes from which was um uh, a lengthy, lengthy journey was, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. yeah, you forget that, but um, yeah, it's. I yeah, don't forget, forget it. it. <laughs> I was, I was there. Yeah, doing that. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, it's just like so much attention to detail, yeah, that's right. and like 100%. you can see films and they got like crazy special effects or whatever, mm. And, mm. but like you can tell, like even the way this is shot and you have stuff from all different cameras or whatever mm. there's a fluidity to it yeah. which is you just, never feel like you're yeah why am i here or what's going on there it feels mm-hmm. like it's all all one but yeah that you don't want to get to the end and if you haven't done the right checks or um consulted with the right people you get to the end and go that's not right what are you yeah. what are you doing um you can't have that song during that so it was a super important process to be really inclusive in that feedback loop and get them um having a look and approving things as we went along awesome well i'm inspired by this film all right thank you so much for sitting Pleasure. down and talking to me fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah and uh anything you guys want to say before we take off no we love toronto yeah <laughs> cheers and wayne gretzky <laughs> Mm-hmm.